0: This is the Prepare for Battle podcast. And on Earth conversation with Aaron and Sharon either represent the human spirit in an attack from an automated, digitally generated, algorithmic, driven machine in the digital battlefield that is our business reality. So fire up your business motivers, dial in your crown chakras, and connect at ready for these mega downloads. This week's episode in 3, 2, 1... Welcome to the Prepare for Battle podcast. I am Aaron Battle.
1: And I'm Sharon Kennedy.
0: And today the battle ends, episode 12, season 1.
1: 12 whole weeks, can you believe it?
0: Um, You know, I I didn't think i would It's not that I didn't think I'll see the day. It's just I never really thought about it. I knew that that was the plan and we're going for it. And now that I'm here, it's it's exciting, but it's equally... um, I, I, you know what? I'm, I'm feeling very accomplished, feeling very modest about completing.
1: It's good when you um, – well, really, it was off the cuff that we decided to do this podcast. And then we said, well, how long is it going to be and what are we going to talk about and all those types of things? And somehow we have um, got it together and managed to get ourselves in the hot seat every week, week after week for 12 weeks. And I know that's an accomplishment for me
0: well i don't even sometimes I don't even check in with you during the day of you know everything okay we're going to click in tonight but i I just know that when it hits the hour, you're going to be saying aaron, where are you let's <laughs> let's go for it and and you know and i'm not very I'm not a very consistent person either. I'm a bit all over the shop, but this is this is a time a time stamp that I have not missed it's for pretty weeks. Good. I know that, that is impressive. Very impressive.
1: So the journey
0: journey just begins because, I mean, of course, there's going to be more seasons coming. Spoiler alert.
1: Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So for all those people who thought that the uh, podcast ended in this um, session, it doesn't. Well, the end of season one, it does.
0: Yeah, I I think it'd be it'd be nice if we can look at becoming more structured and we'll we'll evolve where we're more interactive in some way. Like, you know, this is our, you know, our first day. So, I'm um, yeah, I'm, I'm I'm feeling very good about what we've achieved. And I think to open the conversation with with consistency is um is is where I think I want to put the flag in the sand here because when when you consider things, whenever something ends, something begins, and that's something that we can we can count on. And I've heard it before called the the um slippery fish theory. Oh. Yeah. It's just like you're trying to grab this fish and you, you grab him and he slips out and you catch it and you grab it and, you, and it's slippery and it's just like it's constantly Slipping out of your hand. So the more you, the more you grip it to try and pause or or stop or capture the moment, it just becomes harder to catch. It's um, it's just an analogy for the constant flow.
1: Yes, yes, that's right. It it is a constant flow, and even though you know the title is the battle ends, um, it doesn't really end. It's it may end in this area, so. A bit like when you're in business and you decide this business isn't really working for me or it's time to sell up or get out, you want to do something different it um, it It ends to that degree of business place that you're in at that time, or that particular business,
0: yeah yeah totally it's um, i i mean this this goes back to the personality of the the business person. Um, I think anyone that's comfortable in business, I mean, they're kind of doing it wrong. <laughs> I mean, if they're <laughs> if, if they're in business, I mean, it's I mean, it's you know, each for their own. Like I, I think a lot of people would be very proud to be able to, to build a business in general. But um, I think the most exciting part of the business is that uncertainty and that growing in the beginning, and then once it levels out, um, at least a lot of the um, the entrepreneurs that that I'm close to i can I can feel that itchiness for let's start a new project
1: yeah it's it's that tension or that um that challenge that some of us like, and some some people loathe, actually
0: horses for courses, yeah
1: yeah, yeah
0: like I was in a uh, innovation short course last Friday and uh, and I met a young lady we were we we're in one of the group doing the activities, and I just we were. We're doing some silly exercise about um, the coffee culture in Newcastle and and what would happen if Starbucks wanted to enter the market. And so we had to put a little – do a little SWOT analysis and and doing all this, and it was just interesting when we when we were considering just talking, you know, amongst peers about coffee and just how excited we got when we're like, you know what, we're going to go to the Northern Territory, we're going to go to the top of Queensland, and we're going to start planting coffee, and we're going to introduce this new Australian coffee, and it was just like we're totally off topic, but there was just an, a new energy that yeah. between the I guess our eyes were bigger. You know, we were just, we were younger and we were just, you know, brainstorming, channeling this energy of how awesome would it be to have, you know, organic, um, I don't know, or tick all the boxes with just good coffee. Um, And then, and then I'm remembering like, I'm still struggling. I'm still struggling with that, with that coffee conspiracy. You know, is it good for us um, or not? But I think it's just um, necessary in my life to drink a cup of coffee in the morning. <laughs> if, if that means I'm going to burn my frontal lobes out uh, and not, and not live past a hundred. Well, I think that's a sacrifice I need to take just to make it through till Tuesday. Oh, Aaron, I
1: always say, just ask your body. It'll tell you right away, whether it's good or not.
0: Oh, relax well, Every- it, it.
1: Everyone, everyone's made up differently. And they, I think anyway, they respond differently. So, It sounds like what you're talking about in that session is like the dreaming state. I call it the dreaming state where you're dreaming where anything's possible. Don't have to worry about money or staff or systems or anything. You're just in that creative mode and you're going for it. Yep. And that elation that you get from, from having a vision of the future that could have Australian coffee, you know, made by locals, for locals, all that sort of stuff.
0: Yeah, I mean Australia's got I mean we we've got a um a very sophisticated palate for coffee yeah. as in general as consumers but we don't we don't really produce it. Yet we've got a whole chunk of land that's in the in the coffee belt that we could be producing coffee. I mean, I'm sure there's factors involved that I mean, you know what? I don't really know anything. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know anything about coffee.
1: Well, clear, I was getting coffee. convinced then I thought you did.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's just, I looked it up on the map and, you know, it's got the, the world and it's got a belt of, you know, where the, where the coffee grows. And I'm like, there's a whole chunk of Australia in that. Maybe, I mean, what I'm saying is, I don't know if we do grow coffee or we don't. But in this exercise, we were about to put our house deposits down, drive up north and start planting beans. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, it was just, it was exciting. I mean, I think, and, and that's, that's why I love working with startups because it's like everyone can just get over themselves and get on with the idea and and small businesses are the same and yeah I, I really enjoy working in the space it's just where you become a kid again you let yourself dream
1: yeah and you haven't you haven't had to deal with setbacks and exhu- exhaustion and all of the other things that sort of come a bit further down the down the line or when you are at the battle end like we are of this particular podcast Um, and you know I think we could look back I certainly can and look at all the things that I learned about myself and about a podcast and what what it takes to actually have that week after week. You know, there's a flow, there's momentum, there's a whole lot of stuff that needs to be done to make it happen, and bit by bit, both of us have stepped up to whatever was needed, and and it got done.
0: Yeah, we have, and it's it's bringing out it's bringing out a better side of me because there's there's a routine to my week, there's like there's a structure in place, and and there there's a I mean there's an energy that comes with producing that, that I, I really enjoy. Um, I mean, I, I'm not sure whether it's because there's, because I'm, I'm, I'm activating my throat chakra, I'm expressing myself and imprinting myself in the in the universe. Um, could be just because we're, we're sharing our, our essence of, of who we are and our personalities and points of view, because that, that's very personal. And even that is a bit of a journey to be comfortable sharing our voices with the world. So I can feel like there's a there's a development that that happens when you do a podcast something I can't recommend enough.
1: Yeah, I agree with you. I think a lot of people are scared to get out there publicly because of the criticism um and the judgment. There's a lot of criticism and judgment around where I am and you know, I've always said it it's um it's out there. You know, um, I don't know if the whole world will evolve one day, but until then, um, it's it's there and we can either get caught up in the, you know, bogged down in it, or we can take the high road, basically. And a lot of people um, need leadership in that area, I think, but I learnt... I can't remember which course it was, but um, these stats stuck with me, and that was 10% of your audience will love you, 10% will hate you, and 80% will be indifferent. So, you know, neither here nor there, won't have an opinion about it. So I think if you know that there's going to be 10% who are going to, you know, be wanting to scratch your eyes out, maybe not that dramatic, but – you know, are going to poo poo you out on wherever they they hang out. Um, I just go, yep, know about yours. Don't want to, you know, don't want to be yours. Um,
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: And focus on the ten percent that love me.
0: Yeah. I mean, that, that's just looking to the bright side yeah. all the time.
1: Yeah. It's
0: yeah. the it's the way to live life. But so what happened? Like, why did you? randomly, in one of our buddy sessions, you threw it at me and said, you know what? Let's do a podcast. <laughs> or did I say it? Well, that was definitely I your think, idea.
1: Yeah, I think it was my idea.
0: <laughs> it was definitely your idea. <laughs> I would never that. have suggested anything so outrageous.
1: Yeah, no, it was, it was my idea. And what I realized, Aaron, was that we were having these um, conversations and I would just stop and think, oh, gosh, you've got some really good stuff to say. Um, and it it seemed a bit um what is it selfish or stingy of us to keep our wise selves to ourselves, um, and that there might be someone out there who might like to listen to this and could get something out of it.
0: Yep, that's how it went down. I remember you telling me that, and and in the in the last podcast, the Paradise Paradox, which. Which, uh, um my buddy Kurt and I created it came from the exact same thing we would, we would just meet up and have a few beers and talk a few things out and it was just like man this is too good like I don't wanna I don't want to repeat this conversation again with other friends because I want to talk about it we should start a podcast and yeah. and we literally went home that afternoon and and started a podcast and we did that for two years so wow. there's no reason why this won't be going for years
1: well i hope it does because it's it's something that i want to be really successful at not as in podcasting i mean that would be great as well but to get go out of a a life like most of my life was in a job and i want to stay out of that i want to have the freedom that i've got now in my life um and i think you know it's a continuous thing, a continuous loop because we learn stuff we forget, we learn stuff we forget um, I think it's just the way it goes because there's so much to learn and to retain um, I I know that I can't retain everything that I've learned, and even when I've gone through papers and books at home and I'll find something and i go oh my god I did that too yeah that was fantastic but you know in my day to day thoughts it was just not alive, lie, but wasn't there. I'd completely, you know, may, may as well have not happened for the way that I was thinking about things. And then I'll talk to my girlfriends on the phone and I'll remind them of a couple of things, a bit like you're reminding me tonight. And they'll go, you know, I forgot all about that. Thank you so much for reminding me because I need to remember that. Yeah. You know, and I think that's the human side of us, that we all have those you know, life is coming at us, it's beaten us down, or it's just busy, and we forget stuff.
0: We do. Life doesn't have to be like that, but this world, and this this isn't me being negative, but I mean, you're talking to someone that's, that's got two kids that about have a third, life is challenging. and And then, you know, paying the bills and, and, you know, just getting out in the morning and then you have those off days. It's just like, we are, we are in the, the fog of war of life and, you know, not every day is, um, is sunny. That's just the reality of it. Yet we've all done amazing things, whether we think or not, um, you know, everyone's amazing in their own right. Everyone's got so much to offer and we do forget. We forget because, You know, six o'clock in the morning is difficult. So we forget. We forget how amazing we are. We have to remind ourselves. So little things like just doing positive affirmations, which I don't do. I'd be amazing if I did. (laughs) (laughs) I've got to put post-its on the the bathroom mirror. they will help me.
1: Well, that's the other thing. That's self-talk and self-love, self-care, all those things. I mean, usually the last person I look after is myself.
0: Yeah. Yeah, that's... That's common. I mean, even even the fact that we met each other doing the the Dent KPI course, and and I was just like, oh yeah, you know, it's it's a book out there, and there's a couple of people that are running it, and it's you know, it's it's a good course. Um, and then it wasn't until I met someone else that wanted to do the course, didn't do the course, read the book, thought it was amazing, and said, wow, you're a KPI, and I'm like, I turned up. I yeah. Did, I didn't. I didn't have a business. Uh, you know, I didn't really know what I was doing. But yeah, I did. I did the course. I met some people, shook some hands, took some photos. Um, and it it was it was a great experience. It it. I mean, it did many things for me. Yeah. Um, and then I think well that that I can say that for every single course I've done in my life, including you know the one day short course I did on Friday. It's like it was just you. you you put your hand up you say you're going to do something then you you follow through you turn up you you know you do the material you meet some people you share some ideas and you have a good day and then later you think all right you either let it slide or you or you think you know this was you know what did I what did I get from that like my my new thing is I, I would do these webinars and and these short courses and it's like as long as I walk away with one thing one thing that's that's good, or can be implemented in my business, or one one idea that I can share with someone, just one thing, whatever that is, I, I win. So. Yeah. Was that me? Yeah. I heard a ping. <laughs> I got not know. it
1: went quiet, and I thought.
0: Yeah, no, it was me. I got I to Did I do my, something? My phone, my phone. it's Besides making noise.
1: Yeah. Um. Yeah, you're right. I mean, I I love going to courses. I I soak up. Um. I guess it's knowledge and information. And then I look at where it fits in my life and how it can help me through this ride called life. Um, plus, I get to meet people interested in the same things as me um, on some level. And so that's always when you've got people who validate you and validate your thoughts and how you see the world. It makes it a an easier journey if you're up against people who are, you know, always saying no or um, – judging you and criticizing you then that's exhausting that takes energy away from you and the whole thing is to do things that give us energy because when we're doing things that give us energy we could move mountains
0: yeah yeah there's no limit there's there's no limit what you can what you can achieve I used to think this is going back to, to when I was working in Sydney in um in credit control and it wasn't it wasn't a good fit for me back then but i was i was in sydney and you kind of got to keep pedaling no matter no matter what just the, the the economic pressure of living in a big city means um you know you're, you're going for it every day and i used to you know you had to suit up so it was you know making sure you get your you know your shiny shoes and and your you know nice on nice your shirts. shirt yep. yeah yeah yeah, jacket on. You know, take the the lint roller in the morning, quickly run over the shoulders and across the chest. You know, lower back, trying to get rid of all those little fluffy bits before you get on. Before you go into your grind, and um, it was probably my most spiritual time when I was living in Sydney. I was I was heavy into yoga um, and uh, doing my best. Like it was just me. My, this is Aaron, single life. So I was uh, very conscious of what I was eating. Training well, like everything was was premium. I you mean, know, you have you know had to be. And I thought when I'm putting my suit on, it's like this is my my suit of armor. When when this goes on, it's like I'm going undercover. You know, because it wasn't me. I I would much rather at the time I I would much rather be a hippie and relax and do not go to work. Um and you know and focus on clearing my mind and listening to the you know the inner world. But I had to go to work. That was the reality of it. So when I put my my suit of armor on, it was like uh it was like my my mental preparation was like this is I'm going to work. This is the process, and um, I'm shielding myself from all the the voices. So you know the other colleagues downloading and dumping their rubbish. I would say, you know all the just all the everyone like you know all the noise on the on the the public transport heading into the city. And, you know, all the stress of, of dealing with all the, the, the phone calls and the team leader and everything that went around doing that type of work. It was like I needed to preserve myself from cha- from all that chaos.
1: It is. It's chaotic. It, it absolutely is chaotic. I mean, just listening to you say that when you were talking about, you know, you were yoga and you were single and going to the gym and all that sort of thing, I thought, oh, yeah, that's for the girls because <laughs> <laughs> that's what we do. Um, yeah. You know, and we go into work and we, we do get up that little bit earlier because, you know, we know we've got to do our hair, you guys have got to shave or, you know, that's not really in these days. But um, the things that take time so that you're groomed to a standard that you're going to look the part and get into that, workspace mindset this is what work looks like this is what I look like when I go to work you know corporate dressing um, that type of thing and then you know that actually helps you speak more professionally because you dress professionally you act more professionally until five o'clock and you call into the pub on the way home but that's a whole other episode
0: well well, yeah I mean you feel like you kind of had to um, I mean because you know these were the when, when you're in the in the office the other people that you're sitting with they're the other soldiers you are you you know you're in the grind and you kind of got each other's back you know there's things are happening and bonuses are getting canceled and, and it's just like people are working overtime um, it was just there's so much going on in that in that corporate scene you know hitting those kpis it was like it was just just thinking about it, it was brutal having to having to be, the, be the, the cog in the machine and, and perform.
1: It's a different um, form of slavery really, isn't it?
0: Um, yeah. Yeah, it was because you, you kind of, you had to do it. So then leaving the office, it was like, okay, how can, I, how can I shake this off? So, you know, it wasn't every day, you know, but at least once a week to have a few beers on your way home was a way of like just, you know, washing off all that, that negative energy
1: yeah yeah yes, well, I'm grateful I'm not in that environment anymore. I mean, that was one of the things I loved about San Francisco because they were all already hippies in suits, if you know what I mean, and weren't weren't afraid to to show it. you know they wore it like it was something to be really proud of because I think it is when you're you know caring about your yourself and what goes into your body and what environment you're in and, you know, it's it's important to look after this humanness.
0: It needs to be nurtured.
1: Yeah. And, I mean, the, the, that environment you're talking about is just a big stick, you know. That's what I why I use the word slavery because they may as well have a whip. It may as well be out in the fields and they're whipping you with it because that's what KPIs or key performance indicators are. That's just another way to whip you into shape, into do this for the man
0: yeah there there was a time that i thought i'd never go i'd never do that i don't know if i ever would do that you ever could again
1: no i think it's a balance of like we've talked about many times before tension because i know that um if i'm i guess soft for a, a better use of a word um around people who um, I'm supervising um, you know there there are those that will take advantage of that too because I uh, you know my, my point of view is that um, well actually it was a trainer when I used to do triathlons many years ago in Canberra um, he used to say that inherently humans are lazy so if they've got the choice of be- between being active and lazy they'll choose lazy I had to really think about that
0: I can't say it's not true.
1: I think he was absolutely right, but...
0: I mean, if, if you were to drop $10 million in my bank account, and I never really had to worry about financial anything anymore, I wonder if... Th- this is the kind of example that I sometimes when I'm facing tough decision, I might tell myself, okay, so there's there's $10 million in my bank. What, what am I going to do? Am I going to tell this client to go jump? Am I going to finish the job for free? am i am i what you know what what what's the what's the outcome here um and and sometimes that really clears things up really quick um like if I was in that job back in sydney and and I had my financial issues taken care of, would I have gone back to work on monday no way yeah there's there's no way it, it, why why am I doing this is it is it for the money do something else yeah. is it is it for the you know for my mates that I made at work it's like well I can say that there's there's a couple of them I'm still in touch with, so you know there there's at least there's something there that i that I got out of it um in terms of friendship, but now with with the work that we're doing there there has to be something else there has to be uh, like a, an overarching um connection to the to the result. Like I, I I want to complete the job for the sake of doing the job you know if I get paid along the way then that's um, I mean that that's good that's great that's that's the way it should be um because i'm I'm producing value but there has to be um, a better reason like it has to be a reason why I'm doing that and not something else and only well just before this this conversation I was talking to my brother about when you get to a certain point and you say, okay, what am I going to, what am I going to um, exert my life upon? Like, what is it? Like, what is it that makes? And I guess this, this is in the in the the KPI course, key person of influence as well. You you come to a point and you think, well, what you know, what am I about? What is what value am I going to deliver the world? And and for me, and it's taken me a long time to get to this point, but I um, I'm I'm the community man. And I'm not really that engaged in community, so I've got a long way to grow. How exciting is that? Um, but, I mean, it came from a roundabout kind of way. With, with working with startups and, and small businesses, I realized there's there's the common factors that I needed to work with. And that's, it doesn't matter what we're doing, do they know what they're doing? What's that What's that key message they're doing? Like, what's that key message they're trying to, they're, they're delivering around their value proposition and and then i thought well so you kind of fall into a coaching role with these with these owners and co-founders and executive teams and then i think well if 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 their problem is just their marketing their message then then what's then what's one step back from that or what's the output if you go one ring out from the the epicenter of the problem and that is how do they communicate that to their people and then how do we keep their people there? And how do we bring how do we get their people to bring more people? So, you know, to turn a business into a cause and then to build a community is kind of like what I'm willing to dedicate the rest of my life to. Helping people grow community, helping businesses grow community, or helping people just apply themselves to their causes better. And and then all of a sudden it's like if that's if that's what I'm doing, if that's my thing, then it doesn't really matter if I'm getting if i'm getting paid well or not as long as as long as i'm satisfied with what i'm delivering if that's my thing and which at the moment i think it is yeah and i'm willing to use this platform to do it like everything everything kind of blends into itself so um as i know we're talking about exit strategies and i'm thinking when when you've got a direction like that how do i apply the the whole concept of how am i going to exit this and it's 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 more about projects. You start a project, it's got a specific goal, and then you achieve that goal, and then say, do I want to do that again? And then doing it again, <laughs> and then <laughs> and then find another way to redeploy it again. Um, yeah, I think that's that's the stage that that I'm up to. Um, and and even if I was to get a a job, it'd be it'd be the same channel. It'd be like they uh, my my role would be applying my fundamental understandings of, of connecting people for whatever cause, you know, they've aligned themselves with.
1: Yeah. I mean, you know, how amazing would that be if all the causes were joined up, connected up and able to help each other out?
0: They all overlap at, at some point. Um, I mean, the interesting thing is it, is it is, it's all about people. So, and, and, just the, the way we live and the world we're living in has given us so many problems to fix. So anyone that can go inside and think about what's what's going to fix this problem um, can, can easily start their own business.
1: Well, I always think go to the source of the problem and turn the tap off. <laughs> you know, stop the flow of problems. Stop creating more problems. Like at some point turn the tap off stop the flow and deal with the mess clean it up and i guess that's where that battle ends and then you're on to the next one because i don't know maybe it is a human thing or a systemic thing a societal thing but we seem to constantly create more problems there's always a cause and effect
0: of whatever yeah. we do yeah you just you just made me think about what i just said in a different you know from a different perspective are we just seeking out problems all the time like do, do we do we crave these problems like we're, we're looking for more problems so we can solve them
1: well we state. are drama queens
0: uh, I don't know if I want to play that game anymore <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> I try and save it for the TV um it's much it's much um, more controllable if you can watch drama on TV and turn it off when you've had enough because I think you're right at some point you know we get Sick and tired of being sick and tired of the same old dramas or things that are going on that we've got to deal with. Yawn, yawn, boring, boring. Um, yeah. Let's get on with the good, juicy stuff in life. Let's make that our next project.
0: Yeah, I mean, there has to be, there's going to be a lot of cleanup before we get to that point.
1: We'll get the gurney out, off you go.
0: Yeah, get to work. <laughs> I mean, am I am I caught in this in this problem mentality
1: well i guess you know when we're when we're in stuff we don't really know we're in it until we've taken a peek over the top or out the side or the hole that's in it somewhere along the line to even know that we're in it and in the churn of it
0: yeah true yeah i definitely see that like a like a depression repression well kind of like when you just you um you're kind of just a bit off and you've had a couple off days in a row. And then all of a sudden it's like, it's you, you forget that that's not, that's not the way it's supposed to be. And I'm saying you, you could be like this for six months where you just bogged down, you know, working it out, trying to get on with it. And you don't realize that the longer you stay in that, or the longer that, that your people around you let you stay in that mode and don't identify that you, that you need a break or that, you you know, you need a couple of days off or, you know, you need a, a breather of some kind. You need a holiday. Um,
1: I mean, yeah, I I hear what you're saying, but, you know, I worked in a place one time, long, long time ago, and uh, I had an um, executive manager, and his job was just so intense and so I would call demeaning um, from senior executives that he would have to take a a holiday of some type every three months, every 12 weeks. So you could say for the whole duration of this podcast being under the pump, being undermined and criticised and, you know, all that negativity around him and having to watch his back um, and only just making it till the 12-week mark because he knew that he was going overseas out of the country somewhere into a retreat centre so that he could just – completely remember who he was and nourish his body mind and soul in goodness in every form because there wasn't much goodness in in his everyday environment yeah. and that really told me a lot because I kept thinking why is he always going on holidays you know it'd be good to have that much money be able to take off whenever you want but the fact of the matter was he didn't he didn't have a lot um of holidays he didn't have a lot of anything really. He just had a life of stress.
0: So, what was going on there? Like, I, I, let, let me frame that. Was that, um, was it a really hard job or was he just not cut out for it? It
1: was probably both, um, I would say. I think it was a really hard job because of the environment, not because the work was hard. I think he found the work quite easy. I think it was more. It was more the environment and the people he had to deal with above and below. Okay. So, you know, I can't go into too much detail, but um, I, I think when, you, when you're looking at that, um, and I would, I would estimate, you know, there's a lot of replication in that type of um, person trying to trying to make it work, trying to make this working world work. Does he want to go out into business? Nope. No. (laughs) You know, he's not that type of person either. What sort of work will he do next? I mean, he'll probably do some sort of mind-numbing work where he doesn't have to think. You know, a bit like when they had the factories, the old factories. I know I worked at federal matches in my school holidays so I could make money because that was the only way I was allowed to smoke. (laughs) (laughs) That's what mum said. If you want to smoke, go out and buy your own. So to do that, I had to go get a job in the school holidays, and I did. Um, And it was in a factory where I uh, um, watched boxes of matches go down a conveyor belt, and that didn't take energy from me at all.
0: No, did you have a good time?
1: Well, it didn't bore me. I wouldn't say I had a good time, but I I did enjoy the people that I worked with because they were simple people. They weren't complicated.
0: Yeah, Um, yeah. I mean, I'm thinking about back in the old days. I mean, this is back when I was finishing high school, when I was going to uni. Um, I worked at the supermarket for many years and a whole bunch of stuff, like I guess mainly, um, mainly like filling stock on shelves. But it was just like there was no mental strain. I was, you know, I was smiling, walking in, you know, punch out my four hours. You know, zip around the shop. uh yep. You know, riding in the the forklift and doing all kinds of you know, being silly, but in but enjoying yourself in a way. You know, you make friends with who you're working with, and it was just it was just work. There was it was it was almost like community service when you think about it. Where, when you put yourself in that mindset, it's just like yeah, I've got to go to work between this hour and that hour, and there was walk in, do the job, walk out. That's no right. No drama.
1: That's right. It starts there and it ends there.
0: Yeah. You know, walking in. It was like, as long as you're on time and he didn't smell, you were fine. Yeah. Straight from the beach. And it was like, it was just a good life. There was nothing to worry about.
1: Yeah. Yes. You know, and then we then we get told, well, you're not going to amount to much if you keep going like that.
0: You're like... What,
1: what, Who's going to marry you?
0: Oh, I don't remember anyone telling me that, but I... I can yeah I mean I guess you know in a way I mean there was a time when you get that you know knock at the front door and of your mind and you say you know time to move on time to I mean that was that was finishing school so finishing university was you know time to get time to wake up and get a real job Yeah and and you think wait a minute I'm I wasn't prepared for this I yeah. was enjoying my uni life I have to do what now <laughs> Yeah <laughs> got to pay my hex off that was never part of the plan That's all right Um I mean I where was my exit strategy? Where exit. was i like there was no there was no forward thinking in in what was happening next
1: well, I don't think they had ex- exit strategies back in those days, did they and I mean when I first heard of it, it wasn't really that long ago, and they're saying talking about an exit strategy and I, I, what's that what <laughs> and what would that even involve if I needed an exit strategy and there's a whole lot of things that have to take place um it, especially if you're a big business um, that you've sold or it's winding down or however however it's playing out. I mean, I, I would call it an exit strategy when I left Newcastle and came to Frogmore. There was a whole lot of things that I had to do. Say goodbye to friends and the neighbour next door and, you know, plan these things out because there was a lot of other things that I had to do. And of course, my mind is six and a half hours away down the freeway. It wasn't right where I was sitting in Newcastle. Yeah. So it was difficult to go, well, okay, so what do I need to do here? It would be really good if I wrote some of this stuff down and maybe if I even mind mapped it a bit and, you know, maybe put some prices around things that are, you know, that it's going to cost and the things that I might need to buy when I get to the new place, the things that I won't have, things that I do have, take stock, get rid of stuff, when's the – the junk pickup day, you know, all those important things that you've got to think about when you're exiting from one place to another.
0: Well, well all that was going on, but did you do much planning?
1: I guess I've hesitated, so the answer would have to be no. <laughs> I
0: mean, I think you can always you can always do more planning, even when you move in-house. Like, I mean, I, where I am now, I, I'm in the same building. I had to move from one floor on one side of the building to a floor lower on the other side of the building that involved two elevators. And we just had I think, half a week, let's say Thursday to Thursday to Monday or something to, to move. Like we planned it really tight and there was no thinking. It was just like, <laughs> whatever's close to the door, it's out. Yeah. And And we just, yeah, unloaded everything out into the hallway, and then it had trolleys running back and forward across the across the building to get everything in, and we did it. Um, but then later, you think, could I have done that better? Yeah, for sure. There could have been a better way, um, but it was just just get the job done.
1: Yeah, I think that's you know, I'm thinking about your question, and I'm thinking, well. I just get into action, like serious action from the time I open my eyes until the time I fall asleep. I'm just doing, 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 sending emails, um, getting stuff done. And then, I forgot while, while I was talking about that that, of course, I had to make sure that because modifications had been done in a rental that all of that was returned back, getting people in to do that, making sure they did it right and, um, you know, inspections, post-inspections. Well, I wasn't going to be there. Who was going to do it? You know, all that sort of stuff. So I was lucky that a neighbour helped out and, and things got done. But But, yeah, I mean, I guess I didn't do an exit strategy because I didn't know whether I was going or not. It was sort of last minute and was this going to be a good fit going where I was going to go and there was no house on the property and then the house next door came up and and then it just started flowing and I've learnt that once things get into a flow, don't second guess it. I mean there was a a time there I, I stopped. I was driving back to Newcastle and I thought what have I done? Why am I moving into this old shack <laughs> with an injury, you crazy person? But, um, but yeah, it's turned out to be the best thing um, in so many ways. But at that time, I didn't know that. All I could do was just, okay, I've made the decision. Okay, I could have uh, pulled out a couple of times, you know. But I didn't. I just kept going with it and thought, well, you know. What's the worst thing that can happen, I used to say? Anyone going to die today? No. Well, then keep going.
0: <laughs> yeah. I mean, it did seem pretty crazy, even when you broke the news to me. And then I thought, you know what? That's actually, I mean, why not? Every, I mean, every time I kind of asked you what was going on, you were like all over it. You, Like all the benefits were, were far outweighed, you know, the, the, yeah. the downfalls of this project. Yeah. Um. And I mean, you know, it's only six and a half hours away.
1: Yeah, <laughs>
0: <laughs> I mean, but the thing was, there was no real, like what was, what was holding you to Newcastle? It was like, well, and, and it's, and I, I guess I'm putting this in, in perspective because people make a big deal about moving from one house to another house, even though, I mean, it is a big deal. Um, There's a lot of moving parts, but even comparing to does it matter if it's in the same building or if it's in another country? Across the world, does it does it really matter? Like it's Same still yeah. it's still a, it's it's an effort, yeah. and that's it. You just got to work it out and 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 do it. Like my my sister was asking we, in my family, we've we've got the debate. Are you? It's still going on. If I'm if I'm staying in Australia or I'm moving back to Mexico, and I'm always moving back to Mexico in my mind. I move back to Mexico in my mind every week. Um, they've just got a better party scene. it's just um, it's just lifestyle like Mexico wow Um, you're on holiday 24-7 and you know what they say well that's because you're on holiday when you live there it's different Mm. I did live there for years and it's a little bit different but it's still better
1: but you loved it yeah Yeah. I'm the same with New Zealand I, I love to be with my people you know end of story they're my people and you know they really know how to how to self-soothe with culture and music and um, all that wonderful stuff that they do. Kapahaka, which is the the dance, the haka, and learning those sorts of things, learning their language, you know, because they weren't allowed to speak it when they went to school. So, I mean, they are now, but back in those days they weren't, so they got yeah. in a lot of trouble. Yeah. Um, so those sorts of things. But I meant my homes here too, because I grew up here, and I sound like one
0: yeah. a lot <laughs> <laughs> well i think I, I really like the way you say they know how to soothe and, and heal it's like there's something uh, something about that i mean i i'm um I'm very I'm very proud that I can say that my children are little Mexicans and I know I'm, I know I'm Australian, I'm living in Australia and it's just like, my dad's huge into the DNA and he likes to see the percentages and all that. And who knows how much truth is actually in that. I don't don't even know. And who knows what they're doing with those results and who's sharing that data. Like, yeah, whatever. Don't start that conversation. But (laughs) it's just like, I was thinking, uh, you know, I'm, I'm really proud of, of the, the challenges that I faced as going through my, my own personal identity crisis and, and something I think a lot of people that have anything, any other splash, I mean, anyone in Australia has an identity crisis because we we, we are missing that soothing culture that makes us one people. Like Australia does not have, we don't have a, a, a people culture. We've no. got pockets. And I mean, even now. We might even, think we do, but we don't. We definitely, I mean, anyone that's, I mean, you go back to New Zealand, I'm back in Mexico, and I'm, I say, wow, there's something, there's like a glow here, um, there's there's an aura, there's an energy that I'm swimming in that I can't, I don't even know what it is, I just know it, um, and Australia doesn't have it. But to the point that even though I, I, I can say I was born in Newcastle, grew up in Newcastle, left for maybe at most four years mm-hmm. in my whole life where I was living overseas, different places, um now I'm back in Newcastle and if I go out I'm with Latin American people. I'm mm. with Peruvians and Colombians and I just seem to have, I don't know I feel more comfortable speaking Spanish. I don't yeah. know why. It's just because I feel connected to something.
1: That's right. You well you honor your your heritage by doing that for a start, I think. Um and that's something to be celebrated. Um and I think the other thing about it is that um the Australians that are here who were born here that they've all come we all came from somewhere and i've I've said this to my my friends, my Australian friends that were born here like find out where you came from, where your grandparents are from, and what your lineage is, you know whether it's Scottish or Irish or English, whatever, go and find out and find out you know where your people came from, yeah. Because while you got your family here, and I love my Australian family and my Australian friends, um, there's always something missing, I think, which is why a lot of people go off on their eat, pray, love episodes.
0: Yeah, which which uh which is which is all good, but I I can speaking for my dad, he um he's he's I mean he, he's he's a mix within in himself, but he well, maybe a handful of years ago went to the town. In England where our family apparently come from and here I am the Mexican right talking about uh, my dad being on his voyage um, you know like one, one we're, we're one generation separate I mean I'm, I'm me and my dad and he's doing what I'm doing and I went to Mexico to find it he's going to England to find it and it's just like we're the same like with it we're that close yeah, yep. we're we're traveling in complete different directions. Directions. And and talking about you know how how wholesome we felt by connecting with people we've never met before, just to, and and there's something in it that you can't explain, but it's there. And and when when you have it, you know it.
1: Yeah, that's right. I mean, it's like um, I don't know if I shared this before, but when I first went back to the valley where my where my mum grew up, it was like I could feel. The valley calling me and drawing me into it and once I got there and I didn't even know where I was going you know I just sort of remember a bit of this and a bit of that and, you know and I'd be driving down these roads and I'm thinking I wonder if it's up there that sort of thing um, and I didn't want to stop and ask and I didn't want anyone really to tell me I just wanted to see if I could work it out myself to see if these feelings that I was having inside of me or this gap <laughs> this big space yeah. was going to lead me to the place and sure enough it did It absolutely did. And when I got there, I knew it. But right up until then, I knew I wasn't there, but I was in the right direction. Um, Fascinating spiritual experience.
0: Yeah, really cool.
1: Yeah. Um, One I'll treasure forever.
0: Well, something else has been going on in terms of um, history and lineage is the – I've been – so i haven't really been i mean I'm fascinated now, but i haven't really been ever really interested but um just lately thinking of the the aboriginal people i don't I'm not even sure why why we we call them that, but say so the the original people here in australia and in their culture, which I know nothing about really um i'm just i'm fascinated with with their their story now like you know 35 years later, 36 years later, all of a sudden it's like I'm, I'm interested in why – because I, I think, I guess in my generation, uh, I sound like an old man <laughs> uh, talking about this kind of stuff, that I would go to school and there was a clear segregation uh, – what's the word? Segred,
1: segregation.
0: Yes, of of the children. Wow. And and I would – and, and we'd, all, we'd all go out and play footy together – and all of a sudden, it'd be that time in the afternoon when the Aboriginal kids would go to their Aboriginal study class, and the other guys, like the, the boys, would say, "Come on, Aaron, we're going to go do this," and I'm like, "I don't know. I kind I think I wanted to go as a, as a, you know, I'm talking maybe you know five, seven years old." Yeah. Because I didn't, I didn't understand what it was, and they were like, "Come on, man, we're going to, you know, it's time for class." Yeah. Um, and I knew they were going to go do cultural activities. Yeah. Um. But I I couldn't, I wasn't invited. I wasn't, I'm not Aboriginal, so I wasn't included. And I was just like, well, so I sat there (laughs) with all the white kids (laughs) and them looking at me like, man, there must be something really wrong with that guy because they don't even want him. And and having that experience growing up, but I'm thinking now looking at at what the Aboriginals have gone through and, and what they're going through now, I never had the capacity to understand what that, what that whole thing even was. And even even now, um, listening to when there's events, and it could just be a, a – I mean, I see there's a lot of the university and and in the co-working space I'm working at where before an event, the speakers would would give and pay respects to the, the, the ancestors of the land. And I still don't even – I don't understand why do we have to make such a, a big deal about it? Like since when? It wasn't a big deal last time I checked, and then all of a sudden now it's like we can't, we can't do anything unless we do this process. And I just don't feel like the people that are saying the words feel connected. It's just like they're all reading a script.
1: Yeah, of course. It, of course, and it absolutely is, and it drives me mad because whenever I hear it, I'm sitting there inside, quiet-mouthed, going like you even give a toss.
0: I, I, I think the exact same thing.
1: And it drives me mad because if um if it was really meant from the heart and what those words are meant to mean, then things would be a lot different in the world today in australia
0: yes, and yeah i mean it, absolutely i, I and the thing is i i think about like a exert full imagination what would that world look like if things were good if that wasn't necessary what world are we living in now? And um, I don't even know what that looks like. Like Even with, with all my imagination, I can't see the world.
1: I think um, just while you were talking about that, when I was um, working in an office in Canberra, they um, one thing that I really liked that they, they brought in at one point in time, it didn't last long, it was an international day because there were so many different um, people from all over the world coming in to work on these different systems and things and they were brought into specifically for their expertise. So there was lots of different tastes and styles and things that they were used to. So they'd have an international day where they would invite um, anyone to bring in something um, that was traditionally cooked in their home place or their... Ancestor's Place. And I found that that was amazing because you'd walk into the big staff room area and it'd have tables and everything around and there'd just be hundreds of people, staff, walking around, interacting with each other, trying all this food that they've never seen of, didn't know how to say it or what it was or what was in it, and laughing and joy and appreciation for each other. And you could see in those moments there was no difference in people, human beings. Yeah. They, they were just one experiencing different things from a place of food. Who doesn't love food? Um, and all of the food that I tried, being a foodie, was just incredible. <laughs> <laughs> just incredible food.
0: Well, of course, they picked their, their best dish. So yeah. can you imagine having a hundred amazing dishes?
1: Well, I, I remember saying to my mum at the time, how do I take in a pot of... Um, pork bones and pooha mum. <laughs> I don't feel like it's going to, you know, uh, meet the standards of some of these dishes that are going to come in. Um but I did, I did. I didn't take pork bones and pooha in, but I I did make up some um fried bread mum used to make and um with golden syrup and butter, New Zealand butter. Yeah. You can't beat that the best. fresh course. No, no, yeah. The Simple. Best yeah simple but um it was one of the things that mum mum brought us up on so yes those those were good times
0: <laughs> they sound sound like amazing times um yeah i mean it's just like so the, this this cultural anomaly like this disintegration that just seems to be just um i guess as mean from my point of view it just seems to be more obvious mm. when we're forced to do these silly rituals yeah and and it's almost like it's, it's a conspiracy is it, is it a is it a joke are they, are they laughing at the whole thing by just making it more obvious that there's different people where if the world was the other way you wouldn't have any of it you'd just be people
1: well they make movies on on those sorts of things where everyone um you know they're all playing and then they don't have emotions to be attached to anything or anyone or have addictions. Um, so I imagine it would be something like that.
0: Yeah, so being the community guy yeah i've 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 made it um, putting it out there. I have made it one of my challenges to work out. I think if this is this would be like the ultimate boss level accomplishment for myself. To work out how do I how do I remove this disintegration that is um, you know encouraged, and we just level it out to say you know we're all just people here. Um, And then I think of the different scenarios. Like if I know it's been such injustice that happened to so many people. Um, When an injustice happens, if there's an accident or someone's at fault or whatever, there's always there's an insurance company that should pay up somewhere along the line yeah and I thought is it that simple do we just need to work out who's who's been hurt or who's been um disadvantaged and then just give them a big lump sum does that fix the problem
1: I don't think money does I think there could be lots of other things like give the land back you know because that's where it the money, you know, like it's all—it was all about the land. Usually, any domination is over land because land's worth money.
0: Well, land's real money. Land's value. Money's there you go. Money's, you know, created Paper. control mechanism.
1: <laughs> Paper that burns in the fire.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Money's just, yeah, a layer on top. A layer on top.
1: Yeah.
0: Yep. So I want the sponge. I don't want your icing and your cheap carbs. I want yep. the I want the good stuff.
1: The meaty bits.
0: Uh, yeah. So you I mean would that would that fix the problem? I don't. I, and, and, and I mean I mean is it just a matter of, of going okay we're at fault whoever that is and then handing over something or and saying okay are we and then are we fair like you know the like the same way like you know the same way if some I mean I don't even know. Can't even, I can't even think I of an example. Can we? You, can we just seal the deal? Here's the end, new beginning, battle I ends.
1: Just, I just don't know that it's that simple, Aaron, because you've got people with systemic thinking, um, and th- they don't want to let it go. And they're not all warm and fuzzy. They're hard and rough and tough. And you know i think it's that it it boils down to that personal development or self development and that's only something that an individual can decide upon whether they do or they don't and that's why i i hope well i believe that future generations will change that because all of that old stuff will die out they die off
0: mm. well He's where he gets more interesting. He's always like pushing the example and then okay. adding a little fuel to the fire. Okay. So um, I was interested and I was like, all right, throw at it. I mean, I'm still thinking money, but, you know, we could do land. We could do something else. Um, but, okay, just so just so we can just get it over and done with, just so we can just go, okay, you're right, I'm wrong. You know, he's a bunch of land for everyone that's in that boat and we'll get on with it. Put it behind us, never talk about it ever again. Something like that, as in, well, well, I mean, I'm I'm gonna say never talk ever again, but I'm saying we we're like it's done. We're even not even we are we are we're doing our best to close this, and that's it. I just
1: don't think it's it's just about the land, but it's the hurt, and I think. Um, I know my people are very easily hurt, and they 'll have family um, feuds for generations over someone saying something or hurting someone else. so I think you know when we 're able to actually heal the hurt and when when I say that i I think to myself, well, how do you how do you teach your children when they're when they 're hurt not to hurt
0: well. I think yeah, children to an extent just do as they're told in a way. Like I I know I know dealing with my very, very, very stubborn four year old. She is such a an immense power. Um there is generation of energy behind her. Um she can't be told. You you almost you need yeah, it's it's impossible. Um I'm, I've I don't know what I did in my past lives, but geez, I'm I'm, uh, (laughs) she's
1: pushing that, that line.
0: Uh, I mean, she's, she's just so wonderful and beautiful. Um, but at the same time, it's like as a full package, yin and yang, she's a, she's a powder keg of a kid. Um, so when, when she gets upset, um, for me to explain to her, even if, I mean, even if she started it with another kid for me to say, okay, Himi, you got to say, sorry, you know, you've, you know, let's, you know, that's, uh, she just kind of goes through the motions because she knows that I'm, I'm telling her to. But how do I, how do I actually know or how do I actually make her feel better at the situation is, yeah. I mean, it's impossible to know. I don't, I don't know. No. I'm just, I'm just trying to, you know, show her how to be civil by lead by example. But other than that, um, I don't really know what's really happening in her mind.
1: And that's the thing. I mean, you've just answered it. We don't know. We don't know how to heal the hurt. People it, say, "I'll oh, just get over it. Like, stop your sulking." But yeah. it's it's not it's not just that, is it?
0: If I was to read the situation, yeah, she's she's looking up, she's looking down, she's saying, "I'm sorry." She's giving back the toy, uh, all of that. But then I know she's walking away, going, as "Soon as Dad turns his back, I'm gonna get her." I can see it in her eyes. She's it's calculating. Like, you know, well, how, how am I going to do this? You know, how, you know, and, and I just got to hope that she forgets, um, that she, yeah, that she literally gets over it before she realizes that there's an opportunity. Otherwise, yeah, something would happen. Like, she came home the other day and she had bite teeth marks in her cheek where something oh. went down and the other kid oh. jumped onto her. And the, oh. The kids, like the the teachers, were like super, like, oh, you know, we we didn't see it, we don't know what happened, you know. And I, I just, and I'm just like, what what do you, what are you worried about me for? Like, is Hemi okay? Like, what what actually like what actually happened? I I don't, you know, he says, she says, I don't really care. But is, you know, is Hemi okay? And I spoke to her, and she, everything's fine. But yeah, it's it's like that. We would we'll never know if things are going to be okay again and and i'm just trying to work out how does how do we how do we resolve this because where things gets interesting and in particular with the the original people in australia um somebody recently asked me well what percentage of the population is that and i from memory i said 6% because that's what i that's that's what i've known it to be what i didn't realize is that that could have been 10 years ago and then when i looked It's actually on, I think Wikipedia or wherever I found it. It's got how the population's growing, and now it's at twelve percent. So I'm thinking whoever's driving this boat needs to work out really quick how we're going to solve this problem, or we're never going to solve it because the population. So twelve percent of the population is is of Aboriginal descent.
1: Oh yes, I just met another person today.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So. And I think of I think of um, of Mexico and you know all the and and people the culture of of the difference between you know native people and and white people, which I mean you go to Mexico they're all Mexicans yeah like there's and and the white people might have you know five percent of French or or something <laughs> something else, um, but I've mean, is just like it's it's just so um, I mean also because the it's just that the population hasn't traveled as much as the western world so it's like you're mexican um and then i think of all the mexicans that were in texas before uh before the whoever the governor sold texas to the us um and then the sink of mayo and all of this that um you know there's a lot of mexicans in california that you know say that they're americans but i mean you're still mexican and yeah. and to think the percentage of people speak in Spanish and and live in, in the you know in the the Latin American culture in the US is astronomical. So yeah. and and when you go there, I feel like I'm in Mexico anyway. So I think you know is this just a matter of the only way we're going to get on with it is by by having big families and and living your life the way you want to live, creating your own community and getting on with it.
1: I was thinking, um, recently, and within the last couple of days in thinking about the podcast coming up. And I, I did think about um, what would the future look like if if we went along those lines? When I think about what I'm dealing with here in Frogmore, you've got that side of the road and you've got this side of the road, you know. And, and I thought, well, they're quite happy living that way over there. So maybe they should just stay over that side of the road. And I'm quite happy living the way I live over here on my side of the road. So, and now I've noticed that there's a lot of people being drawn to me because of the way that I am and what, how I think about the world. Um, so they're all coming to me, but it, it there is this divide. There's that side of the road and there's this side of the road. And I think, well, what's wrong with that, really? Like, is the future going to be a bit like what you've just said, that there'll be these groups of communities and they'll think, their way and that'll be okay and these guys will think that way and that'll be okay will each each of those intertwine probably not they don't have anything in common they won't have much to talk about and they'll probably disagree on so many things a bit like religion and politics that sort of stuff but they're made to you know talk to each other sort of thing and then i think well maybe that that might be the way of the future where it is segregated voluntarily do well, you think we, that might be a solution i don't know i'm just throwing it out there
0: no we've spoke about this before you've asked I, me about this before yeah when we're talking about your particular eco village and you know the the values that you bring into your village and that you know the way you you know visitors you know, in, inducting them and saying, you know, around here, this is the way the rules are, this is how we interact, this is what we expect of you, these kind of things. And if you don't like it, well, you know, go to the next village. But you're more than welcome to stay here. Just that's the way we are. Um, I I kind of – I look at that as a better way than what we're living in at the moment yeah. because, it's, because it's decentralized and people can be – I think it's people are more accountable for the respect for each other and and there's where at the moment we're all we're all expected to be politically correct there's like a there's like someone's decided this is how we need to act it's like stop stop saying this stop reading the script before we have an event
1: yeah. if you want to
0: say it say yeah. it in yeah. your own words yeah if you don't want to say it or you don't understand it don't say it it's yeah. like why why put these rules in place by i don't know <laughs> i don't know who came up with that but somehow I came back to Australia and everyone's saying it. It's like what happened.
1: Yeah, it's interesting, isn't it? I mean, I sort of think I could see that it, that it could work, but then that's probably too too far out there.
0: Well, that's all that's what we we're saying. I mean, that's no one no one could have convinced me that a year ago we'd be all stuck in our houses and we wouldn't be allowed to go out. And if you did, the men in blue will book you. I know. And that happened.
1: And it was yeah. just so
0: radical how everyone just accepted that. So I was like, things can change real quick. It's just, unfortunately, I think they're, and I'm not manifesting this, but I just feel like the change has to happen. And unfortunately, for a change that drastic to happen, it's got to be a little bit uncomfortable. It's got to be a few speed bumps that you didn't see. You're yeah. driving too fast. And you know, you're risking someone's going to get hurt.
1: Well, that's the thing. I guess if you wanted, if if that was your area, a bit like the segregations in some of the jails in the States and the Mexicans are over there and the Maoris are over there, but you're American, does that mean you've got to walk all the way around the Mexicans, all the way around the Maoris?
0: I I don't know. I, I see the Maoris <laughs> and Mexicans getting on. <laughs>
1: Yeah. Yes, yes, yes. There'll be those mixed groups, those those uh rogues out there.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I mean it's just it's this is the perfect um the perfect episode to talk about all this all this sort of stuff because where there is an end, there's a new beginning.
1: Exactly. And I think you know the takeaway that I would have from this is that it's always going to evolve. There's always opportunity for Evolution for us to evolve in some way or another, whether we do it or not it's another thing
0: I'm letting that I'm letting that sink in because it's it's a choice yes um, and I guess to to explain that, the choice comes down to allowing allowing their allowing in your world like opening your world to a better way.
1: But then, but then my way might be a better way than your way, or your way might be a better way. So then you get into the argument. No, my way's better.
0: No way. <laughs> <laughs> no way, Jose. Um, I think that that's always going to happen, um, which is why it's going to be interesting. Because if if naturally the evolution is to to find another way, then there's going to be an event or something that's going to make us force us to find another way?
1: Well, I guess, yes, this last 12 months, I'm being very careful with my words here, this last 12, 18 months um, has forced that upon us. And there are a lot of positives in it too. Um, And there are a lot of negatives that we've heard about it as well. Um, I guess there's, you know, we still as a, with all this technology and humanness about us, haven't worked it out yet.
0: No, I think it's early days. Like we've only just we've only just opened the door. We haven't we haven't walked through anywhere. We, we, we're nowhere different. We're we definitely are still working it out. I mean, just the yeah. I mean, it, it, as I guess you look at it from like a, a a year plus, and to think that we're still in it. Yeah. Um, but then when you – I mean, but then you think this is sort of such a, a life-changing, world-changing event that um, the dust hasn't even settled yet. We, we don't know what the new world looks like.
1: Are we in it yet?
0: In the new world? Yeah. Yeah. I think, yeah, we're definitely, <laughs> we're definitely in a new world. Uh, I mean, the, just the, the stress of not knowing when I can travel – hasn't really affected me too much because I'm not really in the position to travel. I mean, there's, there's no way we're moving, you know, there's a baby on the way, like we're not, we're, we're, we may as well be locked down. And so, you know, no sudden movements, but, um, you know, friends and family ask me, you know, when are you coming to visit? And I know they, I know they're just, it's one of those things we say, and they're going through their own thing, like family in Ireland that just had that being locked down a lot worse, and a lot longer than, than anyone here in Australia. Right. I uh, I just saw the, the the screen flicker. Did I say the wrong keyword? <laughs> <laughs> someone's someone's looking. My green lights on. Someone's looking at me. Yeah. Um. That'd be yeah. me. So yeah, I, I mean, and you know, realistically, I'm not going anywhere for 12 months. But even if I wanted to, I, I can't. So we're just cruising along with it. But um, you know, to to talk to my wife, that has you know a whirlwind of hormones and to know that she can't see her family and her family can't come visit us and it's just it's all too hard. Yeah. Um I'm I'm grateful for the technology to be able yes. to jump on a video chat, to be able to make a call, all of that. So as long as the internet doesn't go down, um as long as there's no solar flare that knocks out satellites. Um I think Well,
1: you probably need electricity as well.
0: Yeah. So so far so good. Yeah. Cuz so I mean have you noticed the sun's white, not yellow?
1: Um no. I haven't looked up. So, I'll look up tomorrow.
0: Okay. Yeah, you got, we got we got to look up more. Yes. But, uh, I get caught up watching YouTube and there's a there's a cool channel I like to watch, um Suspicious Observers. And it's, it sounds more, you know, out there than what it is. It's just like the weather channel, except it's for space. Right. So they talk about what the planets are doing and, and you know, what angle the sun's at and, you know, coronal holes and, and solar flares and things that happen all the time. They just happen to keep missing the earth. Sooner or later, we're going to get hit. And when it does, um, it hasn't happened since the 50s, but when it did back then, it fried all, like, vaporized, all the power lines across the U.S. They reckon if we got that again, we're going to have 10 years of no electricity.
1: I better get my veggies in then.
0: Yeah, I started thinking about it like that. Like, I'm in the city. I don't have I – got, I got three chili plants on the balcony.
1: <laughs> and an avocado. Is the avocado uh, still going?
0: I've got a couple of avocados, but they're not going to produce. Not, not in that pot. They're only little. Um, well. Yeah, so –
1: I mean the weather. That's the other thing too, because it, 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 where I am, it's freezing. So all of my veggies have now got freezer burn and died. Um, so I have to start growing them in the house. I think on the veranda, something like that. Not There's always going idea. to be something, isn't isn't there?
0: Yeah, you need a greenhouse.
1: A greenhouse, okay.
0: <laughs> yeah,
1: and a, and a big mean, cupboard just... for rice.
0: Yeah, just back to basics. Um yeah. I mean, I don't, I don't want to see how that ends because you know I'm lucky to have a, a week of food in the house. Let alone, I mean, if something, if something really bad happened, I, I, I don't know, I don't know what would happen. But I'm kind of excited about it because being the, the man of the house, I mean, what opportunities do I have? If you're like zombie apocalypse out there.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: Jeez. Uh yeah i I don't want to end the episode on a on a negative like no. that I'm not even sure I'm not even sure how we ended up here, but it was i mean it was no doubt my fault.
1: I think we we're talking um, about the, endings
0: the, the the shift between yeah this world and and moving into a um yeah a village village a, world
1: a brighter new world um which is what an exit strategy can bring. Because once you know that something's ending, when it's done its time, it's run its course, then um, I would suggest even before you get to your exit strategy that if you're writing your exit strategy, then you're probably thinking about the future right then and there. I don't think you'd be writing it in isolation of, um, well, what next? What comes after this?
0: No. I mean, it's – I was thinking about – moving house, and it's like if, if we can't if we're not putting sufficient planning into one one move for the next what about what about our 10 year, 20 year plan when we have our 80 year old self talking to us or 60 year old self or 40 year old self talking to us about 20 years into the future um you know what sort of i still haven't done that homework but i'm finding it's we've, we've got to do it i mean just to just to know that we lived our life and we didn't live a reactive life.
1: Okay, well here's a challenge for both of us. How about we get our 20 year old self um, conversation back to ourself right now, ready yeah. for our season two um, episode somewhere somewhere along that 12 um, week marker, ready to share.
0: All right, so this is a this is a mega so I'm expecting detail I mean I I'm, I'm expecting you to expect detail because you're giving me intra season homework yes <laughs> this is this isn't like next episode this is like next season so i've got I've got a whole six week school holidays to work this out okay <laughs> I mean only because um I mean I find it funny because my talk about moving houses and and we we talk about uh, I try and convince myself that having having a house in Mexico and having a house in Australia and having living in both worlds at the same time is is a personal challenge for me. It's like you know just to have a nice house in australia as you know as a as a head of a family is is a is a nice Australian dream, but my challenge is to do it in both countries at the same time, which i mean a lot of people do this it's not yes. that. They it do. shouldn't be, but when I tell when I tell people, they flip out. They're like, "That is like like as if it's impossible."
1: Yeah, no. Um, I've always dreamed of of having two permanent residences, and that would be now. It would be in New Zealand and and here, and then probably one other place slipped in in between. I mean, Australia is familiar for me, but my heart belongs in New Zealand. And then I have this yearning, constant yearning to go to other countries in the world because I find it so fascinating.
0: Yeah, yeah, for, for endless reasons. Um, well, th- this is the thing. It's like when I was I was chatting to my sister about um, being comfortable moving from, you know, how how it was a big move from one town to another town or from the town to the city. And there might be a couple of hours in between. I mean, you've done a six-and-a-half-hour move, but – I'm just trying to remove the barriers of thinking, can I, can I move to Mexico and, and live there six months of the year and have a, you know, have a residency in the Philippines with my office over there with my team that I just, I like the Philippines. So let's just go and live there for a couple of months of the year and just, you know, do my team building exercises. And then, you know, do I, why do I have to live in, like, do I have to do anything? Can't I just mm. be free and do whatever I do, whatever I want? Um, and, and, I like letting myself think like that without the limitations of what's so-called realistic.
1: Yeah. I mean, there are – I have met people um, whose parents, for whatever reason, were, were travelling and, and lived in different countries. So they, they got to, you know, learn the languages in each of those countries. Um, so that makes you sound very international, cosmopolitan, whatever. But – I think, um, you know, when I was going to school, it was French and German. I think were your choices. Um, and there's just, since the internet, really, and the affordability of flying when you could fly. Um, yeah. It just opens up so many places that we can go to. And, you know, you've got better agreements with other countries so you can work there and, and, and hang out there for a while and just see what it's like.
0: Yeah, well, it, yeah, it was, was from that, it was from my my experiences from travel that I realised how the controlling institutions that are in place right now are obsolete and they're just keeping the bench warm right yeah. now. Yeah. Um, it's like if you, I know we use here in Australia we use the Australian dollar, which you know reasonably strong currency, doing a good job. Um, but you go overseas and then it's like, it's sometimes hard to trade your Australian dollars unless like I know this from when I'm, when I'm in Mexico, it's all us dollars. I mean, Mexico has yeah. got their own peso, but you want to change, you need to use American Yours. dollars yeah. and you turn up with, you turn up with Aussie dollars and they're like, nah, we don't, or they give you a really bad rate. It's like yeah. it's, it's too hard. Too many yeah. hands need to change before I can get my money worth out of that. So just don't worry about it. Yeah. So the Australian dollars on an international scale just don't even – just don't play. And that's like yeah. international currency rules. Um. But then you've got things like cryptocurrency and all of a sudden I'm working online and getting paid in crypto. doesn't matter where I am. I, I can connect that to a, a Visa or a MasterCard and I'm using my crypto all over the world without even thinking about what currency I'm using. It's just I want it, I tap it, I've got it. It doesn't matter. Um, and then, and then, like I just said, I'm, I'm working online. So if I'm in an Airbnb or in a hostel and I'm online doing digital work, no, nobody knows what I'm doing for work or how much I'm getting paid. I feel like a spy. I'm wearing a turtleneck. <laughs> it, I'm doing my own thing. It's like when I was doing this, um, and I've got plenty of friends that do it as well. All of a sudden those constrictive frames of thinking are just gone. And you're like, I literally can work and do whatever I want because of the technologies there. I can I can Skype or zoom in to any business in the world. Um they can pay me in cryptocurrencies. We're all we're all good. There's like the, the full circle of value trade is is complete. Mm. The only thing is I need to work at how I can do it with my family. That's the – I'm a little bit heavier now, so.
1: Yes, yes, yes. That's the I, other thing you have to yeah. think about is school holidays, I guess, unless you're going to school them in another country.
0: Mm, well, I mean, yeah, I, I have thought about it. I've thought about it um, a lot. It gets expensive, yeah. world, world schools, and yeah. there are some. There's some very good ones, um, but, yeah, it's it's very expensive.
1: Yeah.
0: Not gonna yeah. not going to be able to pay it on my freelancer. <laughs> uh, coffee or, shop lifestyle.
1: Or some around here homeschool.
0: Yeah, I think the biggest downfall of homeschool is the time to actually do it. And yeah, I think um, yeah.
1: I think the biggest downfall of homeschooling, and don't shoot me, but is um, the kids not being able to socialise with other kids.
0: Yeah. I mean, you know, a lot of a lot of parents have got um, the argument of they got they do sports and because they do homeschool they can do other activities, but yeah, there there is there's negatives and positives to every yeah. case.
1: Yeah. Well, Aaron, on that note, we should probably go to our tips, or we're going to be talking all night on this stuff.
0: Okay. Shoot.
1: I knew you were going to say that.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I'm prepared. You yeah. You did prepare. Uh, in throughout throughout the episode, um, if I just let the flow go, there's there's like the tips kind of – I've got a general idea, but then they kind of take form through the oh. conversation because, you know, a lot of this is freestyle. We don't – you know, I don't need to have a full script. I'm happy just to talk things out and see where the topic goes. So my my first tip – and this is also kind of a wrap-up for the season one, if I was like – so no pressure with the <laughs> tips, with these like the, the three last – tips of season one Yeah, Uh, and as always in line with this episode I'm going to say that tip number one is to we need to be more accepting we need to accept our friends and family for who they are how they are Um, and and I think sometimes we're very quick to judge people because of the decisions they make or how they choose to react but you know we're all we're all just people so whether it's my experience or your experience we it's one equal experience and now there's like 8 billion of us on the planet so if there's any any time to start accepting people it's now yep um and my tip number 2 is to apply yourself i i i really do believe that there is magic in every single person like we all have this infinite uh, imagination we've all got our own personalities that guide us through our own journeys and and we all have our likes and our dislikes there's always like there's so many little bits that makes each one of us us Um, we need to apply that to how we choose to live and that leads into my third tip which is finding your voice and i 'm saying that because i 'm on a podcast and and I love it um, <laughs> but i just I just know that from a and it's it 's not for everyone this is this is something I did, and I recommend to anyone that feels like doing it just you just got to do it and it's it 's so easy today to do it, especially with the apps and everything and If anybody wants to create a podcast and doesn 't know where to start, I mean you can google it, you can YouTube it, or you can send me an email, and i'll tell you what to do. But yeah, finding your voice is such a personal development. Um, it, it's you, you face all these different versions of yourself and the the self talk and the judgment and the, the 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 blocks of you know a yeah mainly the self judgment that for some reason um, and hopefully this isn't everyone but for some reason there's it's we're very critical of ourselves and when you start voicing yourself it just that volume turns up because all of a sudden you're out there you're in the public and. There might not be anyone that's criticising you, but you will definitely criticise yourself. And as soon as you pass that, the freedom and liberation, once you know that voice is gone, um, it, you, you really do become a different person. You become the person you were supposed to be without all that programming BS that's hitting replay. So, yeah. yeah, accepting people, applying yourself to yourself and finding your voice is, I think, three pretty good tips.
1: They are great tips. They're really good tips. Very good to end the season on. All righty. Mine, which I just, just jotted down now. Um,
0: totally okay.
1: I know, but I'm normally the one that gets them all ready and good to go and I'm looking at myself going, okay, what's going on here? You're not doing your tips. Okay, so. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah. So, so while I was listening to yours, I've gone, I've gone real practical again in cool. my head, and that is um, around the exit strategy. Um, if you're in business and you don't have an exit stra- strategy, think about getting one. Um, work out what you want it to look like, um, even if you're not even thinking about exiting. It could be because something happened, like a permanent injury or, you know, some other thing, unforeseen event that might um, call for an exit strategy.
0: Surprise. (laughs) Bam.
1: The surprise. The surprise, yes, and your whole world changes. Um, And then I would say number two is to start early. If you don't have one, and compare other people's strategies and see what they do, and especially if you're selling your business, and um, you might think it's worth X amount of dollars, but it might not really be worth that amount when you go out to market. Um, you know, see, do the research and see if there are uh, what other businesses are going for, if you if you are going to sell it. Um, I mean, look at some of the the examples in the US with well Skype, this medium for, for want of a better one, where, well, Google and all them other big places are buying up lots of these little apps now that are working and WhatsApp's owned by Facebook now, isn't it? Yeah. You know, all these independent things. And Skype, I think, is owned by Microsoft now. And I can remember when it first came out and it was – free i mean it's still free now but there are paid component pay components to it now and all of that stuff was done for free and that guy who started the skype or the couple of guys from memory um you know this the stuff he was putting out into the public space about creating skype was to show the telcos how cheap it actually to show up the telcos on how cheap communications actually is because they were just making an absolute squillion um, yeah. out of people and charging them ridiculous amounts of money so you know it's good to know um, where your business stands if you did want to sell it and then you might find out oh maybe I can't afford to sell it um, you know you might be tied to to a certain price where you've put in blood sweat and tears for 10 years so you want that you know times that by two thousand per week or something i want that much back you know may not be worth it or it could be worth a lot more um and then my third tip is ask yourself are you happy that's a good one are you happy to exit your business because you might not want to, and there's nothing worse than if you love your business um, and you're made to to move on from it for whatever reasons. It could be even like a medical reason or some other reason. But um, at the end of it, I think, like at the end of this podcast, we've got to be happy to say, you know, farewell for, for a period of time. Um, we're coming back, but... But you know, it's not going to happen next week. Or well, what am I going to do with myself?
0: You never know. Monday <laughs> night true. session. Yeah. Well, what are we going to do? I haven't thought about it. <laughs>
1: exactly. <laughs> maybe you'll, be ra- sh- you'll be racing home, going, ah, oh, it's not on tonight. Damn.
0: Who am I going to hang out with? Yeah. Maybe, maybe we should just do it, start season two next week. <laughs> you want to? <laughs> I think we need to have a, a discussion. When you think about it. Okay. I don't know. So Stand many options.
1: Off. Well, the good thing is, is that you and I are very flexible when it comes to this creative stuff. And while we've said, okay, 12 weeks and a break and then 12 weeks and a break, you know, we can change our minds about that any time and it's all okay.
0: Yeah. Yeah. No stress. No yeah. pressure. Yeah. Um, well, it was only there because I would hate to think that we didn't plan to take a break And then we get him burnt. That would be that would be worse. At least you know this is kind of like well these are my lessons that I learned from previous projects. You know you need a plan to have a breather.
1: Yeah, I mean I think it's good to take take a breather and restock. Like you mightn't have the podcast, but we might be sitting there thinking, okay, so what are we going to talk about in season two? Or have a break and do that and then start up. I mean endless endless. Options.
0: Yeah, yeah. So I, I've got I've got plenty of ideas, but we'll we'll wait. We'll wait and see. Got to keep the the element of um, surprise.
1: <laughs> you say that like it's an evil thing.
0: <laughs> no, it's, it's just a, it's a big thing. There's so much, you know. It's like it's a it's yeah. There's endless possibilities.
1: You say it like my nephew. Um used to look when he was hiding around the corner before he'd scare his sister about to walk through the room.
0: Uh, no well, uh, I didn't mean to do that
1: <laughs> oh, <no. laughs>
0: yeah. well, like always,
1: okay crap. yep thanks that's it Thanks for having me thanks for having me week twelve wow yeah.
0: uh, and i and i look um I look forward to whatever comes next, me too. Yeah, it's been it's been a good run and a very healing run. Yes. I think it's good to to talk things out aloud and let the let the energy flow through us.
1: Certainly.